because every other time that she's spoken here, Because at 
this time, Abraham was around 100 years old. And for those of you that know Brother Mitchell, he just turned 100 last month. Okay, so I just want you to imagine, Brother Mitchell, this is what we're, what God's talking to right now. So God takes him outside, and, and what I picture in my mind is God telling him, Abraham, let's go for a little walk this evening. You know, it's pretty outside, the temperature's nice, the stars are out, and they go and they're out walking and, and enjoying the time together because God loves to fellowship with his people. And he tells him, he said, Abraham, I want you to look up at the sky right now. Can you count all those stars? I really think God has a sense of humor because he knows that we cannot do that. But he's like, I just want to show you how big I really am. How many good things that I have for you. You just don't have any idea what's in store. And so he tells Abraham, he's like, look up at the stars. Can you count the stars? That's how many descendants you're going to have. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm a very logical thinker. So at 100 years old, if that was me, it would be kind of hard for me to wrap my head around. I'm just about to have a whole bunch of children, okay? That, or descendants. Because he had been this far in life and his wife had never had a child. But God promised him that he was gonna have descendants. So, get that picture in your mind. He had received a promise from God. Abraham received a promise from God. Have you ever received a promise from God? We all have. And God promised Abraham that he was going to have a child with his wife. With his wife. She was around 90 at this time. Now, they received this promise. And life continues, you know, they go on about things like normal, just like we do live in our everyday life. And things were not happening as quickly as Abraham thought that they should. They were not taking place. Time had gone by and they still had not had a child. Has God ever promised you something and a lot of time has gone by and it still hasn't happened yet? It's easy to start doubting and start wondering, God, was that really you? Did you say that to me? Is that really going to happen? Well, Abraham became impatient. And his wife, his wife tells him, why don't you sleep with my handmaiden and, and have a child? We can have a child that way. But that's not what God told him. But he listened to his wife, and the handmaiden got pregnant. She had a son. And she, things were not as God had called. God still blessed Abraham regardless, but that was not the direction that he wanted him to go. And so many times in life, we get off in the wrong direction, opposite of what he wants us to go, instead of being patient and standing in faith and waiting for the things that God has for us. Now, how many times have you tried to do that very thing? I'm not saying you try to sleep with the maid, but we have tried to take matters into our own hands. Many times, it's easy to do. But when we receive a promise from God, we should trust him and his word instead of trying to make things happen in our time. Because God's timing is perfect, even when we don't understand it. 
It is perfect. He is working. He said he's working, working all things together for our good. So if he's already told us that, he has our best interest at heart. Even though sometimes we doubt, and Abraham doubted too, because we all fall in that category, the good thing is there's still hope for you. Hope for me too. Because Abraham was considered the father of faith. And he didn't always get it right. But God still blessed him. He fell on his knees before God. And by faith, his wife Sarah conceived a child. So faith is the key in that. If we don't have faith, we, we're not going to receive the promises that God has for us. Hebrews 11, 6. If you want to read along. It says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now it's easy to read a story in the Bible and think, oh, it was different for them. How many times have you just read a story and thought that? But Abraham, Abraham still had to seek God. He still had to, to chase after him. He still had to ask forgiveness and seek God with extraordinary faith in order to receive the promises that God had for him. And they were great promises. He's got great promises for you too. But you've got to seek him as well. I looked up the word diligent in that verse and it means steady, earnest, and energetic effort. I thought about this um, when I read that about being diligent. Something to compare it to that we can all understand is if we want to lose weight. Has anybody ever wanted to lose weight? We probably have all fell on that category too. You want to lose weight, but in order to do that, you can't just think about losing weight. Because if you just think about losing weight for the rest of your life, you're not going to lose weight. That's not how it works. You must be diligent in eating the right things and exercising in order to see results. And faith works the exact same way. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So that tells us that God's word is our foundation upon which we build our faith. God's word is our foundation. So we're going to establish that again with. As Christians, we are all given a measure of faith. Everybody has some. Now, yours might not be the size of a bodybuilder's yet, but you have some. And you have got to fuel your body, yourself, your faith, just like a bodybuilder fuels their body with food. I don't, have you ever um, known anyone or, or seen a show? Those bodybuilders, they eat like nine meals a day, and these are not little meals. I mean, they're like crazy outrageous stuff. I've had a girl who was uh, doing one of those bodybuilding things for some special contest, and she ate like a dozen of eggs in the morning, a whole dozen. And I'm like, I mean, I just wouldn't believe she was eating all that food. But that's, she knew that in order for her body to sustain what she was going after, she had to fuel it with the right things and enough of them to get the desired results. It's the same way with us. We must feed our faith to get the desired results. So, 
if the word of God is the foundation for our faith, we must renew our minds regularly with the word. Does that make sense? 3 John 1 and 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you will prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. And Matthew 19, 26 says, Jesus said unto them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Think about Abraham. It was like God told him, you know, when he had took him out to look at the stars, he was like, look what I can do. Everything is possible with me. It doesn't matter what it is. But first, we've got to believe that God can do it. Because if you don't believe that he can do it, you're not going to get past the point of establishing your faith to believe for what he has for you if you don't even believe that he can. Jeremiah 32, 17 says, Ah, Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power, and stretched out arm, and there is nothing too hard for thee. We must constantly tell ourselves verses like this. Um, and this is one of my personal favorites, Ephesians 3 and 20. It says, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. This has been a favorite verse of mine for years. But this morning I actually saw something new. And that verse starts out with now. Now is the time for you to have more than you could ever ask or think for. Now is the time. But it's according to the power that is working in you. If you want more, it's according to you. That power is in you. And faith is that power. Sometimes, I think we lose sight that we can have all of these things and the power is within us. And sometimes it seems so out of grasp. But all we have to do is continue to build our faith and reach for what he has for us. And sometimes our faith gets tested. It does. We have things happen. Adversity comes. And the testing process sometimes is not easy. And it's not fun. But when I was thinking about being tested, I thought about, you know when they're building a new car? You know, they do all kinds of crash tests and things on that car before they put it out on the market for us to buy. So why wouldn't God want to test us and prepare us for the things that he has for us? Genesis 22, 2, and this was years later at, um, with Abraham. It said, and he, and he said, take now your son, your only son Isaac, who you love, and go to Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains that I will show you. Can you imagine what he was feeling in that moment? Can you I can't even fathom what that would be like for God to ask me to sacrifice my only son. And not just his only son, one that he had prayed for and believed for for years and years and years and years. And he finally received the promise that God had 
And then it was like God was telling him, give him back to me. Give him back to me. And you know his mind had to be spinning at that time. But by faith, Abraham was willing to sacrifice his child because he loved God that much. And I believe sometimes God asks us to make sacrifices for him because he wants all of us, not just part of us. He wants our strengths and our weaknesses, our feelings and emotions, our responses. He wants to make sure that we're not putting other things in front of him. Because God wants great things for us, his children, but he has to make sure that we're ready to handle them. Because if he gives you something that you're not ready for, more than likely you're going to lose it or squander it. You're not going to you're not going to hold it sacred. You're not going to accomplish the things that he has for you if you're not ready to handle them. It's like, we don't really make wine as much like that now, but they say, like, putting wine in a new wineskin, he stretches us and he moves us out of our comfort zone. Because if they put fresh wine into an old wineskin that's already been stretched and couldn't be stretched anymore, it would explode when the wine fermented and expanded. And it would all be lost. So God's got to prepare us. He's got to stretch us and get us ready for the things that he has for us. Now, maybe you're here today and you believe that God can do anything. And most of us probably do believe that God can do anything. But maybe you're having a hard time believing that he wants to do it for you. It's easy to believe that he wants to do it for somebody else. But are you believing that he wants to do those things? That he promised for you. First Corinthians 2, 9 through 12. This verse reads, But as it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared. For them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto him, unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. It's the Holy Spirit that reveals these things to us, that brings about the things that God has for us and brings the delight in our life. So I want to ask you today, do you love God? Yep. Do you love God? Well, guess what? That means he has great things for you because that's what that verse just said. For those that love God. So if you love God, that means you too. We serve a limitless God, but all too often we limit him with wrong concepts and perceptions and beliefs of who he is, what he can do, and what he actually wants to do in our lives. The world, and sometimes even the church, has taught us half-truths or even lies about what we can be, do, and have in Christ. But when we live and move and have our being in him, the impossible becomes possible with God. Jesus wants to break out 
and breakthrough in our lives. But all too often, our unrenewed minds hold us back from receiving the things that he has for us. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his, per his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Our thoughts control everything about us. But if we can change our minds, we can change our lives. I think sometimes we read stories in the Bible when we never allow the reality of the situations to fully sink in. We think that there's no possible way that anyone else could understand what we're going through or that they couldn't possibly have had it as bad as we did. We do. Have you ever felt like that at any time in your life? Well, you see, the Bible isn't just stories. These are written accounts of people's lives. They've gone through these things. They've experienced these things. And they've written them down as an example to us so we can look back and remember. The Bible's filled with people who doubted God. But it's also filled with many, many more people who have overcame those obstacles. That have grabbed a hold of the promises that God has for them. Is that going to be you? In order for us to take a hold of the promises, our minds must be continually renewed because we're constantly bombarded with lies from the enemy. The Bible tells us that the devil's out to steal, to kill, and destroy. And if you think any differently, you're wrong. He will try his best to take everything that you have if you let him. And he starts in your mind. That is your battlefield. The devil wants to keep us blinded to the things that God has for us. Because if he can keep us blinded and keep our mind focused on all of the other things, we're not grabbing hold of the, the word that he has for us to accomplish things that he has for us in our lives. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and discipline. Or instruction. I was reading a new book that Chris gave me for Mother's Day, and the author shared these words. She said, The Holy Spirit told me this When you have a healthy fear of the Lord, you become so consumed with pleasing Him, you become so full of faith in His power that there is literally no room for the devil's fear tactics. Fear She said, when you have a healthy fear of the Lord, you become so consumed with pleasing Him, you become so full of faith in His power that there's literally no room for the devil's fear tactics. And when I read that, it was just like one of those moments, like my spirit just jumped. Because that's where I strive to be. And fear is a part of the curse of the law. 
Deuteronomy 28:66 says, Your life, this is the God's word translation, your life will always be hanging by a thread. You will live in terror day and night. You will never feel sure of your life. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever had moments of doubt? Where the devil has you wondering and living in fear, you're worried about tomorrow, you don't know what's going to happen, constant fear. That's a terrible place to be. But I've got good news for you. If this has been a struggle for you, I want you to write down these next couple of verses because I really believe they'll minister to you. Um, it's going to be Galatians 3, 13, and 14. And Galatians 3, 13 tells us that Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. And in Galatians 3, 14, it goes on to say that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And the third verse I want to read is Galatians 3.29. And it says, If ye be Christ, then ye are Abraham's seed and heirs to the promise. Now, if you'll remember back, in the beginning when I was talking and Abraham was told to look up at the stars to see if he could count them all and how many there were. As Christians, we are Abraham's seed. Which means that we are one of those stars. And the promises of God belong to us as his children. Now, I don't know about y'all, but can nobody tell me that God's not good? Because he just took from back in Genesis a promise that he gave Abraham thousands of years ago about his descendants and the blessings that he had for them. And those descendants are us as Christians. But fear will dilute our power and it causes us to doubt God's love. That perfect love that casts out fear and gives us a sound mind. That's why it's so important to seek God, to stay in the Word, to stay rooted and grounded in love. Because when we're tied up in God's love, we don't have to worry about the fear that the devil brings to us. Because we can push it aside. We're strengthened in a different kind of way when we have him inside of us. And as Christians, we have already been redeemed from the curse of the law. So all of those terrible things that we read earlier, they don't belong to us anymore. Because God has redeemed us from those. And the blessings of Abraham are ours. So I challenge you today. Reach out in faith. And take a hold of what God has for you. God's been talking this whole year since the beginning that we're expecting great things. But are you really expecting great things? Do you really believe that God has great things for you? And that's what, what I feel like God has been laying on my heart. That he has so many great things in store for us. I was just talking to Curtis yesterday and I said, the more revelation I receive, 
that I'm around people that that haven't gotten something and they're suffering and I'm like, God did and my heart just breaks for them because I want them to have what I know they can have. And he's like, you know, it's the same way with us because God has so much more for us that we haven't even tapped into yet. And I said, yeah. I said, I just wish that they could see. And for us ourselves, I pray that we will see, that our eyes will be open to the things that God has for us. Because as we move into one thing, he's going to have another and another and another. As long as we keep seeking after him and following him, these promises belong to us. Thank you, guys.